0: Negotiation in all its forms is something we all need to be talking about more. Because as an executive, you need to be doing this. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Before we dig into today's episode, I have just one spot left on my coaching program. I want to make sure that you know about if you are thinking about making a change in your leadership, up-leveling your career. Make sure you go check out tonycollis.com forward slash work with Tony to find out more. I have just the one spot available right now. That's it. (laughs) Um Um, Also, because I know some of you after a short, sharp, get the job style of coaching and that for many of you, if this is your first leadership role or your first executive role, you're possibly becoming aware that it's a different style of interview. If that's you, I'm offering also a leadership job hunt VIP experience. Rather than over a six month coaching where we focus on your leadership and all that sort of stuff, this is much more tailored towards getting you the tools you need to land your job. Okay, it might be a promotion, it might be um, an external job, but it's much more intensive, and it's split over two, primarily two sessions, two intensive sessions. Where we'll cover everything from defining or fine tuning your target jobs, target audience, target employers. And um, we'll do an audit of your resume and LinkedIn profile, and make changes as necessary, and if appropriate, also your social media presence, depending on like what kind of role you're going for. We'll build out your approach strategy your executive interview prep, because there is, yes, a specific style for answering questions when you're going for senior leadership roles. And we'll also be putting in place your career job hunt process so you can quickly take action. And of course, we'll also be discussing negotiation if that's one of the areas you need support. The goal of this VIP service is to get you equipped so that you know everything you need to do to learn that job. If that sounds like the type of support you are after, head on over to tonycollis.com forward slash VIP to find out more. You're listening to the Leading Woman in Tech podcast where we talk about real leadership and what this means for the world of tech, the techniques, tips, and strategies you can use to become a standout leader. hello and welcome back to the Leading Woman in Tech podcast. It's me, Tony, your host, your career bestie, everything you need to be up-leveling your leadership in the tech world. Well, let's start with a bit of an update. I feel like I always have to give you a weather update, but hey, I do live in Scotland. It's peculiar weather. It has been beautifully sunny these last few days, which is weird because seven days ago, <laughs> we had an inch of snow. Yes, in April. What's that? What's going on? <laughs> I feel like I've been telling everybody this, but I just feel like it's the weirdest April ever. I mean, we have snow in spring here um, because although we're fairly far north, um, we tend to just get a little bit of a smattering of snow. Um, I remember when we moved into this house at the end of March, it was like a foot of snow on the ground. We haven't had that since. Um, so, But it's just weird to have snow in April that actually like, it's more than just a smattering. So weird things going on. <laughs> And other things that are happening around here, vaccinations are now happening at pace around the world. Many of my clients in the US now had either one or both doses, which is amazing. They're all feeling like they're able to get out and about more and hug people. Oh gosh, aren't we all just missing that? I'd love to know if you've had your vaccine. Of course, (laughs) hop over to social media and get in contact with me. We're a little bit behind here in the UK and Scotland as well. Um, We're on track for their targets, but they're only just now opening up to under 50s. and my husband, who's a bit older than me, should be getting his vaccination soon. We were hoping he'd get his at the beginning of April, but they slowed down a little bit because of vaccin- vaccine vaccine um, availability. But I cannot wait. Like, I'm just, I'm now really beginning to miss, like, the Hux, even though I have been super lucky with the lockdown, being an introvert having the amazing clients on the end of Zoom. Um, and just generally speaking, I'm quite happy being a bit of a hermit. Oh, I really need a hug <laughs> from some people anyway. Who am I kidding? I would hug everybody. I'm a hugger. Fair warning. If I ever meet you in person, I am a hugger. <laughs> um, but let's also discuss some of the wins. I love sharing wins with you because I feel like when we have examples of women doing amazing things, it gives us the ammunition to believe that we can do it too. So I want to tell you a few of the wins that some of my clients have been having in this last few weeks. One of my clients who's been working with me since January, um, she came to work with me, um, she's an executive, but she came to work with me because she realized her imposter syndrome in particular, her self-doubt, was really holding her back in many ways. Um, and it took a while to figure out what's really going on. It's impacted her productivity, it's impacted her executive presence, impacted her relationships with her colleagues, much of which she kind of had an inkling of something going on. But it's, as we've worked on, it, it's really demonstrated how much easier her life can be when she, she works through this stuff. Um, and one of the things I'm just so incredibly proud of her for is in these last few weeks, she has just been become a, a new type of confident woman, <laughs> new type. I'm not sure that's the right word, but she's getting better at presenting her ideas in the executive meetings. And it's paying dividends because it means she is so much more productive. The simple, and I say simple with a bit of sarcasm here, the simple act of confidence means she's better able to anticipate questions and how to address them up front. And if you know anything about executive presence and working on an executive team, that ability to predict how a conversation is going to play out is so important. Because when you don't predict it, that's when your ideas are derailed or the topic falls off track in some way. You go down a rabbit hole and you're like, that was actually really unhelpful. Because if you have a lot of executives in a room, everybody has an opinion, everybody has an idea, and everybody thinks they're the expert. But the thing is, Every single person on that executive team is the expert in the thing that they're for. If you've got two people who have the same expertise, they're superfluous on an executive team by definition. So my client being able to be confident enough to recognize how a conversation might get derailed, predict it, preempt it, keep it on track, which she needed to work on her confidence to do, has actually enabled her to do a better job of being an executive because she stops the executive conversations going down rabbit holes that are really unhelpful. So I'm just so incredibly proud of her for this breakthrough that she's had in the last few weeks because it was causing a lot of frustration, a lot of upset in her before we started working together. And it actually was amplifying her self-doubt as well. So I love this. And she's getting better at backing herself and saying, hey, I need more help. I need more staff. I need whatever it is. So it's so great to see this change in her. I could talk about her all day. (laughs) Um, If this one is resonating with you, I want you to know that you can make that change too. (laughs) But you do need to start on your confidence first and foremost, even if you're confident in some aspects. If confidence or lack thereof is playing up at any point, it's going to be impacting your executive presence. And I had another client that landed a new job offer this week. Woohoo! (laughs) I'm so damn proud of her. I have two more clients in final stages of interviews as well at several companies. I'm pretty sure they're going to be landing jobs in the next month or so. Um, But yeah, one of them landed her offer this week. And actually, it's why I decided to discuss negotiation on this week's podcast episode. Because obviously, she's going to be doing a full compensation negotiation. Um, in the coming days. And I just I realized I don't talk about this one enough. Negotiation in all its forms is something we all need to be talking about more. because as an executive, you need to be doing this. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Before we dig into today's episode, I have just one spot left on my coaching program. I want to make sure that you know about if you are thinking about making a change in your leadership, up leveling your career. Make sure you go check out tonycollis.com forward slash work with Tony to find out more. I have just the one spot available right now. That's it. <laughs> um, um also because I know some of you after a short, sharp get-the-job style of coaching, and that for many of you, if this is your first leadership role or your first executive role you're possibly becoming aware that it's a different style of interview if that's you i'm offering also a leadership job hunt vip experience rather than over a six-month coaching where we focus on your leadership and all that sort of stuff this is much more tailored towards getting you the tools you need to land your job okay (laughs) it might be a promotion it might be um, an external job but it's much more intensive and it's split over primarily two sessions two intensive sessions where we'll cover everything from defining or fine-tuning your target jobs, target audience, target employers. Um, we'll do an audit of your resume and LinkedIn profile and make changes as necessary. And if appropriate, also your social media presence, depending on like what kind of role you're going for. We'll build out your approach strategy, your executive interview prep, because there is, yes, a specific style for answering questions when you're going for senior leadership roles. And we'll also be putting in place your career job hunt process so you can quickly take action. And of course, we'll also be discussing negotiation if that's one of the areas you need support. The goal of this VIP service is to get you equipped so that you know everything you need to do to land that job. If that sounds like the type of support you are after, head on over to tonycollis.com forward slash VIP to find out more. But let's dig into today's topic, negotiation. Now, you probably know, at least in theory, that you should be negotiating your salary packet when you land a job, right? But today, I want to go much bigger than that and talk about your negotiation across every aspect of your career, and indeed your life, (laughs) because it's a tool that will help you drive a smoother path to who you want to be and staying there. I see so many of us not negotiating, though, and I was one of them. And honestly, I'm not actually surprised. Society conditions us as women to keep everyone happy, right? We've talked to that one before in this podcast. You know, we have to make sure everybody smiles at us. We need to gather our gold stars. That's what society has been telling us for our entire lives. Saying something like, hey, can I have this? Feels like the opposite of that. It feels like the opposite of keeping everyone happy because you're asking for something that's out of your comfort zone. And it's why, although I'm disappointed when I read comments in women in tech communities, such as one I read just last week, which said, well, if you're earning enough and you're comfortable, there's no need to negotiate. I thought, gosh, (laughs) but I'm not actually surprised. I am disappointed though, because yes, sure. If we all earned enough, and that was the general consensus of life being the thing that it needs to be, then great. But reality isn't like that. Not negotiating has much broader consequences than simply not taking home more money, which if you don't need it, you know why, is is the kind of point that's being made here. I actually encourage all of my clients to negotiate, even if they don't need the pay rise, because it provides an unconscious message of leadership material and take me seriously kind of things. Because after all, if you aren't willing to negotiate... What does that say about how you'll show up as a leader when another team and you are in conflict over time, resources, or something else? Because you will be in conflict with people at some point. And a great leader knows how to negotiate that in a calm, non-flustered, pleasant way. Negotiation isn't about backstabbing. Right? <laughs> um, if you fail to negotiate or backfill your work, you are going to be doing more hours of work. You're going to be burning out or failing to deliver. And your boss doesn't want that (laughs) it's not good for business and so by not negotiating you're actually saying hey like actually i'm not equipped for this job now typically the way the job hunt goes is that you go through all the other tests for the job like (laughs) the interview process basically and then you're made an offer and then you negotiate but you are sending an unconscious message which is oh gosh do we want to hire this person you are not done selling yourself just because you've got the offer. You have to keep selling yourself. It's why the first 90 days is so important to drop something else for another day. But that whole 90 day onboarding piece is also essential because you are selling yourself up until the point you've been there for a year. You were constantly selling your expertise and saying, hey, you made a really good choice hiring me. And the negotiation piece is a really big and important part of that. The real cost of failing to negotiate is very complex and far beyond the salary piece. Don't get me wrong, the salary piece contributes to the gender pay gap we hear so much about, although it's far from the only piece. <laughs> it's a, it's really about not being seen as leadership material, not being taken seriously. It's about having to justify yourself more of the time because you didn't negotiate at other times. It contributes, it adds up, it says this person's a walkover, not necessarily consciously, but unconsciously. It makes your life a whole lot easier. Oh, and by the way, they'll check up on you more because they don't trust you as much. (laughs) Being able to negotiate is a way for people to build trust in you. Believe me, I know it sounds like a really messed up thing. It should be the other way around. It's not. If you see somebody saying, I'm this good, it unconsciously says, trust me. It really does. It's that whole confidence piece. And I want you to be confident. And of course, it goes bigger than just the day job. Many of my clients with young children who had to be homeschooled during the pandemic have had discussions in the last 12 months, um, also known as negotiations, by the way, (laughs) with their partners about equitable sharing of childcare responsibilities. In fact, a couple of my clients had discussions about who was also going to be doing the housework. Um, And, you know, especially because many of us have had people in historically to help with cleaning or whatever, and then that has disappeared during the pandemic because we can't have people in our homes. The people I've seen who've actually had those conversations have built stronger relationships. There's more respect in both directions. And you know, it improves relationships as well as setting a good example for our children. And why wouldn't we want to do that? (laughs) If you've got a little boy at home, he's seeing women stand up for themselves and that's a good thing. If you've got a little girl at home, you're telling your little girl, mommy stands up for herself, I can do the same thing one day. Because at the end of the day, if we don't ask our partners, how are they supposed to know Don't get me wrong. I would love it if my husband could read my mind and anticipate things more. I get very frustrated that he's not a mind reader. (laughs) But as much as I love him dearly, he isn't a mind reader. (laughs) So I make sure I ask. I don't get it right all the time. Don't get me wrong. And it's often uncomfortable and annoying, although less so these days because it's become something we're just happy to talk about. And he asks me stuff too now but it's a lot less annoying than sitting there and being really annoyed and really upset and then eventually exploding or burning out as a result, or at least sitting with a whole load of resentment, which is something I used to do. (laughs) So negotiation is a tool that helps every aspect of your life. So I want you to really embrace it, but let's get back to job-based negotiation. Now, obviously it does start with your salary or total compensation package. And even if you are comfortable with the initial offer, I always, always suggest make a counter offer. Firstly, remember that it's basically expected. And the thing is, if you don't counter, it says unconsciously that you don't back yourself. One of the best things I did was knowing my red lines for my first C-suite. And actually, it wasn't so much about salary. I did have a red line on salary, but the one I had to be really fun on was moving to Spain. <laughs> when the offer was first made, they wanted me to move to Spain, and well, I'm married. I have a two body problem. And my husband and I had decided mutually, actually, I didn't want to live in Spain. It's too hot for me. (laughs) But more than that, um, we didn't want to leave Scotland for his job because my job was going to be a bit of a punt. So we decided we wanted the, um, the the kind of comfort of staying here, whether he had a secure job. So I turned down that initial offer. I said, I'm sorry, I'm not prepared to move to Spain. And I thought that was it. Several months later, having spoken to a couple of other people, they came back to me and offered me that job anyway. (laughs) I knew my red line. I didn't cross it and I was comfortable with the potential consequences of not getting the job. In hindsight, of course, beautiful, it worked out. But I had to be really comfortable in that moment of, I'm not going to move to Spain and that's okay. Another thing I did with that job, which actually also really helped around negotiating, was I spent a lot of time negotiating the terms of the contract. Largely because I was in a different country. I'll never forget, though, on my first day, my new CEO telling me that my negotiation on the contract had reassured him I'd be able to negotiate and pay attention to detail on behalf of the business. My negotiation provided him with a level of trust in me that otherwise we'd have taken months to build in a different way. I hit the ground running because of that trust. He had somebody on his team that hit the ground running because of that trust all because I negotiated. It sounds so silly and trivial in hindsight, but it was such a big deal at the time. And I really want you to lean into that. Backing yourself is only going to be a good thing. Now, I've also had clients push back on an initial offer, although they eventually take it because it says, take me seriously, right? You might take the number that they give you or the compensation package they give you, but you need to say, hey, is there any room for maneuver? Because it says. You need to take me seriously. (laughs) I've seen time and time again that when we do this, that we have more innate authority when we then step into the role and then when we just grab the offer in apparent desperation. You are setting the tone for, I back myself. You see, everything from your first informational interview, and by the way, your LinkedIn profile as well before that, (laughs) everything from that first contact point with a potential employer sets the tone for everything that comes afterwards. A negotiation is a big part of that. Just because you've landed the offer, you are not done selling yourself. A negotiation is part of selling yourself as a lead. I feel like I've said that 10 times. <laughs> but until you really embrace it, I'm not going to shut up on it. <laughs> As a leader, you will need to negotiate on, t- on your team's behalf all of the time. This may be workload, priorities, resources, something else. It may just be saying, we've just done this great work. We need the marketing to make sure it's, you know, given the proper potential. Whatever it is, you will be negotiating all of the time as a leader. You might not realize half of what you're doing is negotiation, but it is. Now, you may well find that a little bit easier because it isn't it's quite as uncomfortable. It's not about you in the same way, but it's the same skills and tactics. So you need to be practicing them all the time. Not to mention that if you've negotiated before, you'll get more respect from those you're negotiating with. Which brings me to my final point. Negotiation doesn't need to be a pitted battle, nasty, or being all out to get each other. In fact, that isn't really negotiation, although that is an outdated and unhelpful view that's very popular and I think it takes a lot of our perceptions of what to expect in negotiation but at the end of the day every conversation you have with the colleagues on some level is a negotiation you might not view it that way but it is it's like I want this I want this who's going to get what you know you are coming to a place of mutual agreement that works for all parties involved view negotiation that way mutual agreement that works for all parties involved if the word negotiation throws you into like a head spin, you're like oh my goodness me No, mutual agreement that works for all parties involved, which is also why it's worth knowing you're a BATNA. So this is a phrase that negotiation researchers call the best alternative to non-agreement, i.e. what will happen if the two parties or multiple parties involved in this negotiation cannot agree. What happens if you walk away, right? You walk away from your job, you don't have a job, you take a Maybe if you fail to negotiate an extra team member for your team, somehow you're going to have to drop some work or you're going to have to take on extra hours routine, something else. What is the best alternative to zero agreement, non-agreement? Your BATNA. And also, what is the other side's BATNA? For example, they take a backup candidate instead of you. Maybe they don't have a backup candidate. If you can understand where their position is, this is really powerful. Um, If it's about workload or who's going to do work or when, it might be that some work doesn't get done. Understand both sides BATNA, your BATNA and the other side's BATNA, and you'll have a better idea of how to get to that mutual agreement that works for both parties and what you can really expect from this negotiation. And of course, if this is something you struggle with, whether from an experienced point of view, how to prep for negotiation, or if it is something you want to do in an upcoming job hunt, I'd be delighted to help. So <laughs> check out my program at tonycollis.com forward slash work with Tony, or my VIP leaders package at tonycolos.com forward slash VIP. But let's finish up with a leadership mindset moment. In case you're new around here, a leadership mindset moment is an actual tip to help you adjust how you act or think, make it easier to up level on the topic of today's podcast, which of course is negotiation. So today's leadership mindset moment, I want you to think about not second-guessing yourself. Let me explain. (laughs) It's very easy to talk yourself out of negotiation because you are afraid of your BATNA. In the job hunt in particular, when you get to an initial offer, it can be so tempting to just take the offer. We become afraid of our BATNA not getting the job because maybe, just maybe, if we counter, then the job will be rescinded. Oof, gosh, (laughs) that's got to suck, right? Now, I've only ever heard once of a job offer being removed from the table when somebody has pushed back on the offer package. And quite frankly, if that does happen to you, you probably don't want to work there because that sounds like a toxic work environment. Somebody who's prepared to say, I'm not even going to like talk with somebody any further who said, hey, I'm worth more than that is not a workplace you want to be. So (laughs) stay strong but know your red lines well ahead of an offer. I encourage all of my clients going through promotions or job hunts to know their financial and full compensation package red lines well ahead of time, because it can be really easy in the moment after three weeks of really intensive interviews and being really passionate about this job to be pushed past a red line that you wake up the next morning full of regret over. But you've said yes, so you carry on. So I want you to know your red lines, stand firm and then don't second guess how you came up with that salary or a number of days of paid time off or anything else in that package that you decided was a red line you should have come up with it when you were less emotionally invested and therefore it's the logical option when we do that great things happen don't second guess yourself that's it for today's episode. If you love this and would love some help up leveling your negotiation, leadership and career, then do check out my coaching program at tonycollis.com forward slash work with tony and tonycollars.com forward slash vip for that vip intensive and remember i have just the one spot left on my six month one-to-one coaching program right now so if you're wanting help in improving your confidence leadership and easing your way to a role in the executive team make sure you book a free no obligation chat with me and we can discuss what the right support for you is until next time remember stay on your tech leadership game Follow your dreams because the world really does need that uniqueness that you bring as a leading woman in tech. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, check out how to get more of my help and some free resources. It's where I take what I talk about in this podcast and really help you apply it. Hop on over to tonycollis.com and check out work with Tony and free resources in the menu bar. Until next time, this was Tony Collis on the Leading Women in Tech podcast.